Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good Monday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Two days left in the 2019 year. Golden Eagles, it's game week set to head to Fort Worth tomorrow as they uh, get ready to take on Tulane Saturday in the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, basketball opens uh, tonight uh, against Louisiana Tech. Next segment, we'll have Dave Nitz, the longtime legendary voice of the Bulldogs, to give us a uh, Louisiana Tech side of the upcoming game tonight. But happy uh, to have you guys joining us uh, on a Monday. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue. A lot of football to watch uh, this week and next week. Maybe you're having a viewing party at your house. Let Dickie's cater it for you or go by and just get some of the best barbecue around. And when you eat in the store, always remember you get that free ice cream. Kelly Sander down in Hattiesburg. How was your weekend, sir? It was... Is this a Monday? Oh, yeah, I guess... (laughs) Is it just me or does today not feel like a Monday? Well, I, I mean, think I think just because of the holiday season, everybody's kind of yeah. hit and miss as far as yeah. work goes. But um, no, it's great. I, unfortunately, the playoff seedings for the NFL didn't work out quite the way we had hoped. No. It looked like um, no. looked like the Seahawks could pull that off last night against San Francisco. Man, that was close, and that would have been great for the New Orleans Saints. But everybody won. And so the Saints are what the three seed, I guess, in the NFC playoffs, and will host the Vikings this coming Sunday in the first round. We were hoping for that first round bye, but uh, the Bengals won. That's your yeah, cute. but the Bengals oh, don't know here. how Hold to win. Kelly. Here we go. Hold on. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but can I can I critique it for a minute? Certainly. You, know, you did two things. You you got Freddie Kitchens fired, right? Oh, well, and he deserved Joe to be. Mixon. Joe Mixon, who I don't know what he's thinking, but Joe Mixon, the starting running back for the for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, announces that he wants to be a Bengal for life. But I don't know if you saw this. Uh, when they took the knee yesterday, he went to throw his helmet to the sidelines. And when he did, he totally kneecapped the, uh, I think it was the umpire or the, the side judge coming in. And he takes out this official, like with both, both of his knees with his helmet. Uh, the dude doesn't have ligament damage. It's a miracle. But I just like, that is so encapsulating of what it means to be a Cincinnati Bay. They can't even celebrate right. I mean, by throwing his helmet, you know, like it wipes out the referee. And I'm surprised he didn't get a flag or fined or something. It was obviously an accident. But, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's typical Bengals. But when you look at these NFL rosters, Luke, of guys that played for the Golden Eagles at some point in their lives, man, there's a lot of Eagles, a lot of Eagle flavor on these NFL rosters that are getting to play in the postseason. So and as, as time goes on, we'll be able to point some of those guys out. But really great for these guys uh, that are going to get that that chance and you know with Freddie Kitchens being fired in Cleveland everybody's been blowing up my phone this morning well what does that mean for coach Todd Munkin would Munkin be a a 
a candidate, you know, for the coaching position in Cleveland. Um, he, man, he certainly deserves a shot. And I think that if not with Cleveland, it'll be, it'll be sometime soon. Meanwhile, the Redskins are reportedly ready to introduce Ron Rivera in the next couple of hours as the new head coach of the Redskins, just one day after officially being released as head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Apparently that uh, press conference coming up in a couple of hours. And Bruce Allen, the 10-year general manager and operations director for the Washington Redskins, has been fired. Been told he will not even be allowed to sell hot dogs or popcorn for the Redskins anymore. So he's out. And uh, this is what, what do they call this? Black Monday, Luke, where a lot of the football coaches. It is, yeah. Pat Shermer of the Giants has been given the gaff. He is on his way out the door. The Giants have fired him as head coach. And now people in Dallas, supposedly America's team, standing by to see if Jason Garrett will return as the head man. So a lot of things going on in the National Football League today. Luckily, um, none of them involving Southern Miss players. And it'll be neat as we get closer. And we'll let you know you know, who these Southern Miss players are and the different teams they're playing on and where we go from here. But uh, wild, wild things going on here. The bowl let's, week for the Eagles. Let's, let's go back to Todd Munkin for a minute. Uh, because what I was I was reading the story uh, a, a little earlier, he's the name that the Browns aren't saying anything about. That they have formally requested uh, to interview Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. They formally interviewed um, or requested to interview Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman. They formally uh, requested to interview 49ers defensive coordinator uh, Saleh. Is that a, or a Salah? I, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. But anyway. Um, but Munkin's not in there. Obviously, you don't have to, um, you know, have formally request your own employee. But this is what's interesting about the Cleveland job. So Haslam and John Dorsey, the GM, met with Freddie Kitchens right right after they landed back from Cincinnati. He gets fired. They're saying that possibility the new coach is expected to have input on whether or not Dorsey remains as the general manager. I don't know if Todd Munkin is going to be put in that situation, though. That that is that is unique. Um, you'll never see that, obviously, in Dallas because Jerry Jones is the general manager, and maybe that's why Dallas hasn't won since DVDs came out. Um, but but when you look at Munkin's resume, okay, people forget he actually coached for the Jacksonville Jaguars for four years, from 07 to 2010. Then he went to Okie State right before uh, he, he became Southern Miss's head coach. I, I felt like it was the same thing with Munkin this year um, as what he got really the first couple years in Tampa. I felt like the head coach was more of the play caller, and the one year where they let Munkin call the plays, they were you know third in the NFL in, in passing. And that was with Tampa. I mean, yeah, yeah, I was with yeah. Tampa with with, yeah. uh, with with Fitz with Fitzpatrick too. I mean, what's your gut here? Do you think Munkin gets a realistic shot at it? I hope so. Uh, you know, I keep hearing out of Cleveland from my buddies up there that Mike McCarthy, the former um, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, is going to be in the mix in Cleveland at some point. But you know, now the Giants are in are in the market for a head coach. And, you know, it's interesting to me that Kitchens gets canned. His team goes 6-10. and 10, And here the Bengals coach, he's just in his first year, but so was Kitchens, that Zach Taylor goes 2-14 and 14 and nobody's talking about a coaching change in Cincinnati, which, you know, you talked about that right. situation with the referee. That's just kind of symptomatic of, of poor Cincinnati. That's just not – it's a family-owned business. And kind of like with Jerry Jones, they're not going to relinquish um, any control. But the fact that the head coach would have a – 
say in who the general manager is is really counterintuitive because the general manager is effectively the head coach's boss, um, you know, other than the owner. So, um, I don't know. I just – Todd Munkin – yeah, Todd Munkin's well enough connected, though, Luke. Don't you think that if it doesn't work out in Cleveland, he's going to land on his feet somewhere, and I mean firmly on his feet. He's such a good dude and has a well, good, good resume. You, you look at – so McDaniels will probably get a job somewhere. There's too many head coaches open. He's going to get a, another opportunity. Um, Baltimore is probably going to have an OC opening also. You know, you, you think about what Munkin might could do in those two situations. I just I felt like the Cleveland's offense this year, I just felt like it was held back. And if we know anything about Todd Munkin, he doesn't hold anything back. He's he's never, um, and I mean this in a in a good way. He's never conservative. I mean, no, you you know what you're going to get. And so I, with all those weapons that they had this year, it, it just seemed like he was held back some. So at the very least, I think he will get an opportunity. He'll he'll jump, you know, for another coordinator position. And I think Munkin um, too. But it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if if uh, you know he's he's one of the finalists for the Cleveland job itself. And what I like about Munkin, and I think the reason he would be refreshing to the NFL is whatever is on his mind, it comes out. He doesn't have a filter, you know, and that's so refreshing to hear coaches tell you exact, exactly what they believe. And, of course, when he was at Southern Miss, when Coach Munkin was at Southern Miss, you know, he got on the, the fan base, remember, talking about the where, where is all this anytime, anywhere, any place. He said, I bought into that. Where are y'all? You know, and he, and he really took to task uh, the, the fan base and really speaks his mind. And I think that would be, you know, refreshing. I really do. And I'm really kind of surprised with his Hollywood glitz and glamour that Larry Fedora hasn't been hasn't gotten any you know NFL looks. I think he would be one of those type of guys that uh, that would fit the NFL mold. Now he's with Texas, and of course you look at the Texas Longhorns and a lot of quarterback shifting in the NFL this year. Cam Newton is going to be gone out of Carolina, you know. Apparently, uh, Andy Dalton's probably done in Cincinnati. Jameis Winston maybe maybe washed up at, at Tampa Bay, especially with what setting the pick six record this year. So I mean a lot of teams there's gonna be a lot of flux this year in the NFL and it'll be interesting to see where everybody lands and once the dust settles how things are gonna look this year. But as it looks now in the playoffs the Saints are only going to get one home game uh, if they beat when they beat Minnesota then they would travel to Green Bay to take on the Packers up on the frozen tundra. Stay tuned, football you know, fans. You, you know Jameis Winston, poor poor Jameis Winston. A 30-30 season is awesome in baseball. Not so much in football. 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. And that's why he will no longer be in Tampa, most likely. <laughs> We're going to talk a little college. Hey, we'll be yeah, college basketball. Yeah. The Eagles taking on the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, and we'll be talking with the voice of the Bulldogs when the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark located on Hardy Street 
in Hattiesburg or online at campusbookmark.net. Hey, Christmas is over. Buy somebody a, a New Year's uh, present. Go get them a, a shirt. Uh, go give them a hat. If you're coming to, tonight to watch the Southern Miss-Louisiana Tech game, stop by Campus Bookmark and uh, get you something to wear uh, to the game. Campus Bookmark, the number one place to go to get everything you need to cheer on the Golden Eagles. CampusBookmark.net and located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Well, the Golden Eagles open up Conference USA play tonight against the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Tip off at 7 p.m. in Reed Green Coliseum tonight. And happy to have joining us uh, the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Bulldogs. Uh, glad to be joining us. And uh, I'm not sure where you are right now, uh, sir, but man, you've made this trip over um, to Hattiesburg many a time. And, and Dave Nitz joins us now. Dave, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I'm probably only about 10 miles or so from Hattiesburg. You've made this trip a lot. Golden Eagles have been over to Louisiana Tech a lot. Uh, they they split. Uh, Bulldogs got them in the early game. Golden Eagles got them in the uh, in the later game last year. But Dave, this is a unique uh, Conference USA season because we play you guys in a doubleheader in basketball to start the Conference USA season. That's right. Uh, we play tonight in Hattiesburg, and then uh, on Saturday night, Southern Miss will be in Ruston to play the Bulldogs there. Uh, Bulldogs right now nine and three on the year. You beat Mississippi State. You're on a three game uh, winning streak. What has been kind of the, the flavor and and how uh, Louisiana Tech started this season so well? Well, we started the season pretty good. Uh, you know, we like you say we beat Mississippi State in Starkville, and then we turned around just a few nights after that and went to Sam Houston State down in Huntsville, Texas, and got beat there. And uh, I think the team was so fired up to go to Mississippi State and play on, you know, on an S- in an SEC arena that uh, then they forgot about Sam Houston State, who went to the NIT last year, won the regular season Southland Conference Championship, and went down there and got beat by three points. So, you know, they've been kind of hot and cold here, you know, during that particular time. When we lost, we lost at Indiana, lost at Creighton. Those uh, two losses, uh, I think everybody kind of expected that in a way. But, uh, you know, uh, losing at, losing at uh, Sam Houston State was uh, not expected, I'll put it that way. And so starting conference play here tonight, this big game for both teams. You always want to get off on a good start when it comes to conference play. And when you look at the, the schedule, you guys had a little bit of time off, as has Southern Miss. And the latest Massey ratings, Dave, uh, the Bulldogs are projected as the best team in the conference, at least right now. Southern Miss is second to last, according to the last Massey ratings. So these, these could be rather auspicious because you, you, you want to get out of the gate quickly, but you sure as heck don't want to lose to a team that is uh, second to last, at least in, in the latest power rating. So what, what have you, when you've looked good, what have the Bulldogs done well? When they haven't looked good, what have they not looked good doing? Well, I think uh, when they look good is, is rebounding and being able to shoot the basketball. Uh, Daquan Bracey, our point guard, has really started to step it up. Uh, he's our best three-point shooter. Matter of fact, he's a better three-point shooter than he is at the free throw line. And I think that's been a lot of the difference. He has been able, and our rebounding uh, has been really good. Mo Muhammad uh, has led us in rebounding. I think those are the two things that really stand out as far as the assets of this team. But when we have not looked good and when we have lost, 
we have had the lack of rebounding and turned it over too many times. And uh, when you do that, it's kind of tough to win. I don't care who you're playing. And this Southern Miss team is kind of a, is kind of an anomaly for a lot of people, or an enigma, because you really don't know what, what you're getting with, uh, with a, almost a brand-new roster, a couple of guys back for uh, Coach Jay Ladner, but he knows a lot about that La Tech crew coming from Hammond, southeastern Louisiana. So what are the Bulldogs expecting to see from the home team tonight? Well, I think, uh, I think there's a couple of guys that have been injured or out right now. I don't know what the reason is that uh, had, had started some games. So I don't know. I know they have Watson back, and he was, uh, he's always been kind of a thorn in the side. And, uh, you know, and, and I remember Drain, uh, a forward, right. who can really shoot, shoot the three-pointer. Those are the two guys that I, I remember very, very, you know, about this Southern Miss team. That is a, that is a 7 o'clock tip-off tonight at Reed Green Coliseum. If we can uh, go back a little bit to football season, congratulations, by the way, on the way the Bulldogs uh, won their bowl game against uh, the U. And uh, convincingly, you guys have got to be pretty proud of how that one turned out. Well, we are. And uh, I was talking with John Cox earlier today, and uh, I, told, I said, John, we – we held up our end of the bargain bar, uh, bar, as far as Conference USA is concerned. Now it's Charles' turn to beat Tulane. <laughs> and let's hope that that happens this coming Saturday. And actually, that might be a tough one for John to have to call that game in Fort Worth and then get to Ruston by the time the basketball game uh, tips off. You, you might have to be calling the, that game for, for both teams, Dave, this coming Saturday. Well, no, I, I talked to him today, and he said that uh, they've got somebody coming in to do the game because – our game at uh, Tech on Saturday is at 4 o'clock. And he said, I just can't quite make it from there to Ruston in time to, you know, to do the game. So I understand. I've been in that situation, too, uh, three times this year in basketball where I've missed basketball just because of regular season football games. You know, it's the thing about it. Football and basketball overlap so much. And then it comes down to basketball and baseball overlapping. So, you know, used to... You always waited until after a football season was over to start basketball, and you always waited for basketball to be over before you started baseball. Now they all overlap, and so you just never know where you're going to be and when. Yeah, but when we were kids, though, the bowl games were over just a little after Thanksgiving, you know, and now right. <laughs> they, keep, yeah. they keep having... Yeah, you, had, you had the New Year's Day bowls, and that was about it. That's that's right. Things things have changed. As Dave Nitz is with us, the radio voice of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, the Bulldogs and Golden Eagles tip it off tonight at Reed Green Coliseum at 7 o'clock. Conference USA play begins. Some of the earliest conference competition in the country actually tipping off tonight in Hattiesburg. Dave, going into the season, just about everybody picked the Bulldogs to win Conference USA during the regular season. Were you guys surprised by that or were you anticipating it? What's been the reaction? I would think I was a little surprised. I would thought Western Kentucky would be the favorite, but you know, now they've lost their big guy Bussy, you know, for the year, and I think that's gonna make a dent in their in their lineup. I mean that he was I thought he was dominant last year as far as conference play and uh, for Western Kentucky. But, you know, he tore up a knee, and apparently he's lost for the year, and that's going to hurt them. But I thought Western Kentucky would have been really the favorite going into this season. Were you surprised at the, at the publicity and notoriety that UTEP is getting? Considering the, the, the Miners have a good record, but with all due respect, when you look at that schedule, it's been really soft. It has been, and I was talking to a friend of mine that, actually works in media relations at uh, UTEP, used to be at Louisiana Tech, and they, uh, she told me that uh, they felt like this was going to be a good year for them. 
they had a lot of young guys last year, and uh, those those are returning, and they felt like the UTEP would be a lot better this year than they have been in the past. And of course, after after Saturday, uh, when we play Southern Miss at home, we go we make the trip to San Antonio and UTEP the following week. So. We'll, we'll see them very quickly. And you're going to get a lot of these road games out of the way early, so good for you. It'll uh, favor that schedule a little bit later on. My final question for you, Dave, before I throw it back to Luke in our Laurel Studios, is the three-point shot's been around a while now. Um, I, I'm old enough to remember when the three-point shot didn't even exist, and you could play the four. I am too. Yeah, okay. I have too. I, okay. I, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you offered that on your own. because. <laughs> so from calling a ball game, from calling a ball game as a radio guy, has, how has the three-point shot affected play-by-play in basketball? Well, I think it has affected uh, the, a lot, and especially now that they've moved it back a little bit further. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, I think you see the percentages of three-point shooting going down because what's it back uh, six or eight inches or something like that. The only problem I have with it is the fact that the the women play at a three-point range, which is shorter than the men, and trying to look at it and see exactly where the player shot a three-pointer, sometimes a little more difficult because did he shoot it uh, back where the men are so supposed to shoot or did he shoot it where the women are supposed to shoot? I think that makes it a little difficult even from an official standpoint at times. And that, yeah, as if they don't have enough to keep track of, right, Luke? Yeah, right. That's that's exactly right. Dave, uh, just want to congratulate you, man. Uh, your, your career keeps going, 44 years there at, at Louisiana Tech. And, and you know it, it is tonight. I mean, what, what when these two teams show up, anything might happen. And it seems like as if you mentioned Tulane earlier, when, when those teams left uh, Conference USA and Southern Miss was really without uh, a, a rival, Louisiana Tech has stepped in. So who knows what might happen in the greenhouse tonight, you know? Well, that's exactly right. It's always a very competitive battle, battle whether Tech is playing in Hattiesburg or against Southern Miss or in Ruston. It doesn't make any difference. It seems like it's always a good, uh, very competitive uh, basketball game. Well, have a great call tonight, sir. Thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour today. All right. Thank you. That's Dave Nitz, the voice of Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Golden Eagles take on Louisiana Tech tonight at 7 p.m., in Hattiesburg, Kelly and I will continue the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Lunch specials every day. Lots of stuff always going on there. And one of the best places to go to see all that Southern Miss memorabilia. If you're going to 
pregame tonight before Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech. Stop by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and in Laurel. Kelly, um, I was just a couple more things about La Tech. Um, tonight, you know, their coach Eric uh, Conkold. We didn't have a chance to ask Dave Nitz about this. Um, you know, he he's pretty good. <laughs> they, he's never had a losing season at Louisiana Tech. This is his fifth year. Three different times, he's won twenty or more games. They went twenty and thirteen uh, this year, uh, or last year. This year, already almost at halfway uh, through it to another winning season. He's won eighty three games um, in less than four and a half years. Pretty good uh, for Louisiana Tech and kind of surprising he's still there. And Mike White, who was there prior to him, you know, left to go to, was it Florida? Um, and I think Mike White was, is a Southern Miss guy, isn't he? I think he, um, I think he graduated from Southern Miss. I could be wrong on that, but I think there, there's some strong Southern Miss ties there. But Louisiana Tech has kind of been uh, one of those breeding grounds for you know, coaches to go on, particularly in baseball and basketball. Uh, a lot of coaches, you know, are there for a little while and then move on to bigger and better things. So it's been a it's been a hotbed for basketball. And on the women's side, you know, the Lady Texters uh, had a great run before Tennessee kind of took over uh, under the late Pat Summit. Uh, the Lady Texters were were really good for a span of about ten or twelve years. So there's some great basketball tradition there. I'm I'm going to this game tonight. It should be it should be a lot of fun in the sense that now, and, and Jay Ladner has made a comment that the games that really count are these conference games. And, yes, so much was made of, um, of how tough that schedule was, and arguably it was the toughest preseason schedule ever uh, imposed upon a Southern Miss basketball team. But uh, to, to develop that thick skin that they're going to need now heading into conference play, I'm looking for the Eagles to play very spirited and maybe have a chance to win this game. Uh, when you look at the latest Massey ratings, there are 353 teams in Division I basketball you know, there's only like 130 football teams, so almost three times as many schools have basketball teams than football teams. And Louisiana Tech is the top-ranked uh, team in Conference USA in the Massey ratings, coming in at 90th. 90th is the top-ranked team in Conference USA, according to the Massey ratings. That's out of 353 teams. Then Dave Nitz was mentioning Western Kentucky. Hilltoppers behind them at 125. Then comes UTEP at 128, who Dave Nitz also talked about. And then comes North Texas. Now, those, those schools are the top four. Then UAB comes in at 147, and Rice comes in at 175. Those are the only teams in the top half of the Massey ratings. All right, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, UTEP, North Texas, UAB, and Rice in that order. All right, you go on down the line. Marshall's at 178. Florida International is at 187. Charlotte is at 189. Florida Atlantic at 196. 217 is Old Dominion. 221 is Texas San Antonio. Then come the Eagles at 252. And Middle Tennessee dropped 20 spots from last week down to 294. And who would have thought that when Kermit Davis left Middle Tennessee that the Blue Raiders would take the plummet that they that they have. But right now, and of course, Southern Miss in the preseason polls and rankings was projected to finish dead last, and we know that that's not going to happen. But according to the Massey ratings right now, they would be the second to lowest team in Conference USA. And I'm 
we obviously haven't seen a lot of these other teams, but I just can't imagine with this, as hard as the Eagles have played in some of these instances that they would finish even second to last. But that's why they play the games. Tip-off tonight is at 7 o'clock. A lot of people in town for, between Christmas and New Year's. And what's important, Luke, I think that everybody needs to remember, too, is because the students are off, because there's no, you know, there's no classes going on, that student population probably won't be there in near the numbers that they normally are. So the rest of us need to fill that gap. And a lot of people have said, yeah, I'll support Jay Ladner. It was a great hire. I'm going to be there. Well, tonight are the conference games now. You know, if you, if you had a pass for these uh, other games, okay. But now the conference games are here. These are the ones that do count for seating in the Conference USA Tournament. You need to be there at 7 o'clock tonight, I plan on being there. So that's the Massey ratings. La Tech, number one in the league, 90th overall. Southern Miss, 252 out of 353 teams. T- tonight is is not just uh, you want to win a conference game, but you in your first conference game, you kind of want to send a message um, to the rest of the league. Uh, and, and some of these statistics are, are off a little bit just because of how dom- how some of the opponents that the Eagles have played and how dominating they are nationally. Um, but, you know, Golden Eagles, uh, La-, La Tech goes in this game averaging 78 a game, Eagles averaging 69 a game, La Tech giving up 61 a game, Golden Eagles giving up 73 a game, which you factor in some of those high-power offense, uh, offenses, including the number one team in the land, Gonzaga, um, you know, you, you would think Golden Eagles uh, will those will be tilted more uh, favorably towards the Eagles, but in the last ten meetings, LaTeX won eight uh, out of the last ten, but Golden Eagles have won two out of the last three. All that's going to go down tonight at seven p.m. in uh, the greenhouse. You know what I think is really uh, cool. Okay, too, Luke, can I just can I just add one other thing? Really, the the Eagles are in a are in a really good situation here, in that very few people are expecting them to do anything. And you know, as an athlete, that's the time as an athlete that you can kind of relax a little bit. I mean, you still have that competitive juice flowing, but you can relax a little bit because, and, and who doesn't perform their best when they're relaxed, right? So if the guys will go out and just, just relax and nobody, nobody's expecting anything, it's a great situation to be in for coaches and players that you can, you know, if, if anything good happens, it's, it's nothing that anybody expected you know so just go relax have fun and let the chips fall where they may no pressure on you so yeah. you might as well go out and let it fly that's right shoot or shoot and uh, and have fun with it right all right uh some football games going on today conference usa team in action right now western kentucky trailing western michigan 17 to 10 halfway through the third quarter that is the serve pro first responder bowl mississippi state taking on louisville a little later in the franklin american mortgage music city bowl in nashville also at 3 p.m the red box bowl Cal against Illinois. I'm cheering for Levy Smith in that game. And then tonight, the Capital One Orange Bowl, Florida against um, Virginia. What would you make of the game Saturday? I mean, I don't know um, if I have seen a more dominating half performance than the first half uh, of the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Um, Joe Burrow, that looked like back in the day when you're in the dorm room and you have like, uh, you know, college football game on like super easy and you just go out there and just have your way. Seven touchdowns in the first half. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that. 
I, you know, and I don't have any skin in any of those games as far as I'm not one of these LSU crazy people. I don't, I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean they're very fervent when it comes to their support of LSU. And I've never necessarily been a, you know, a, a big fan of Oklahoma because I was in the Big 12 with Iowa State. But I have always said that once, once LSU did what they did to Alabama, I said, I just don't think anybody's going to beat LSU. I think, you know, rarely do you see a team that is just head and shoulders better than everybody else. But I also said that if anybody can do it, it's Clemson, just because they seem to have that knack, you know, of, of knowing what it's about, knowing how to prepare. Um, but, man, I just think LSU is the most dominating college team that there's probably been. This particular edition of LSU is the most dominating individual team I've seen in probably 10, 15 years, even better than some of those Alabama teams. They're really good. The Fiesta Bowl was one where, going in, I just kind of wanted Ohio State to get beat. I didn't care if it was in the national championship or if it was in um, the Fiesta Bowl. I just wanted them to get beat. I almost wanted them, because they were being hyped up so much, uh, to, to get exposed a little bit. That was a classic game. Uh, Ohio State leaves that game feeling like they got messed over two times, and they may have an argument uh, for one of them. Clemson did drop a pick six. But, you know, you, you saw the resilience of Clemson. You, you saw that, you know, type of culture that Dabo Sweeney uh, tries to build there. I mean, they were, they were down. I mean, and it wasn't looking very good for them at all. Their defense holds, uh, you know, three different times and forces field goals, and then they just – just found a way to win, and it reminds you, oh, yeah, by the way, they've won the last two out of three national championships. Yeah, and it's so hard not to cheer for Dabo Sweeney. He's just such a class act, and I, and I agree, Ohio State, you know, they're obviously a good football team, but a lot of the teams from the north come, you know, south of the Mason-Dixon line, and it's, it's, just, a different, it's just a different breed of teams down here. I mean, they just – it would be very similar to us going up there to play in hockey. <laughs> You know, um, it's just, no, we wouldn't win. You know, as good as our teams might be, or we think they are when we, when we put them in a different setting, um, they're just not, you know, not as good. So I, I think LSU is going to win it all. And uh, I, I was wrong. I really was for the Cyclones. It was just, uh, I told you that they was got coming. camped on. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. They got camped on. Anyway, um, that's the college football four games today. So, uh, man, drink it in. It, it's that time of year. Hey, got some updates for uh, for the baseball playing surface at Pete Taylor Park. Stick with us. We'll close out the Eagle Hour right after this. Did you say drink it in? Southern Miss to the top. This final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg with their new location, their sprawling lot on Highway 98, just a stone's throw here from our First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Toyota of Hattiesburg, where if you're looking for that uh, tax credit or whatever at the end of the year, your company needs some vehicles, they can help you in the new and pre-owned vehicles. 
Of course, Toyota is one of the highest-ranked performing cars in the world, has been and will continue to be. 544-9630. That's 601-544-9630. We thank Toyota of Hattiesburg's support of the Eagle Hour. This is, as Dave Nitz mentioned earlier, the voice of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. This is that rare time of year where football is overlapping with basketball, and pretty soon basketball will be overlapping with baseball. So where do the Golden Eagles sit with the brand new turf that has been uh, being put in place at Pete Taylor Park, especially with a monsoon-type weather conditions supposedly moving in Thursday and Friday of this week? Weather's supposed to be horrific later on in the week. So, Luke, what is going on at uh, Pete Taylor Park? So the field update, uh, as of today, if you'll go on, if you're on Twitter, you can go on Southern Miss Baseball, which is a Southern Miss uh, BSB. Um, you you can see them laying out the turf. Now, what's it's it's field turf. So what's interesting is it's really going to throw you for a loop, Kelly, because when you see the picture, what is actually under the playing surface is concrete. Now, to get to that point, what you had to do was people don't realize, especially the outfield, it hadn't been. Uh, really renovated. I think the outfield hadn't been touched since like 1993. So they had to dig down and get all this clay out of the way. There was a lot of muck. There was a lot of dirt. And the estimates are they dug between 10 to 15 feet down in order to get all that out where they could basically relay, um, you know, new drainage systems. So they've installed, uh, new drainage on the outside of, of the field. They've installed new drainage inside the field and then they put concrete down and now they're rolling out the field turf today so uh it should be ready for the opening of of spring practice which is uh, mid to late january and then uh, opening day is february the 14th but it's really unique to look out there the picture is it's it's a shot of the kind of looking at the left center gap you can see the scoreboard in 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 the left side of the picture so you know what you're looking at but they're just literally rolling out green turf on top of concrete at a baseball field it's really interesting and what 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 fans need to understand too is especially with the eagles not being able to practice on it until middle january they'll essentially have three or four weeks to get ready for the opener is that our guys are going to have to learn how to play on a new surface so it it won't really necessarily be a quote-unquote true home field advantage until later on in the year when our guys kind of learn where the where the hops are, how to play it, you know, off of this uh, new surface. Um, so there will be a quick learning curve for the Eagles when they, when they hit the field. But the only guys where business will remain the same will be the pitchers. You know, because, I mean, it's, it always was about throwing strikes and will continue to be all about throwing strikes. But the outfield in particular, you know, how much quicker is the surface going to be than the grass? Uh, how to play your cutoff angles, things. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, subtleties in the game that these guys are going to have to pick up in a short short time period in order to get ready for that opener. So the, they've got their work cut out for them. But man, overall, we've talked about the economic impact of what this new playing surface is going to be. The amount of tournaments that can come to town and not uh, have to worry about what Mother Nature has in store. So kudos to everybody involved. And, uh, and hopefully this weather won't slow them down so much that it won't put them any more behind the eight ball than they already are. But it looks like all systems go. And just one more thing that Golden Eagle baseball fans have to look forward to this year. We talked to Coach Barry, and I was asked that specific question because I was just, you know, thinking it would hop more or be faster. And 
there, there's less of a of a difference than what you think, but at the same time, I'm with you. There are going to be unique spots in that in that playing surface, just like they are with everything. The, the technology is pretty cool. They actually use laser equipment in order to make sure the grades, you know, the the dirt grades level and everything. And uh, so it will be interesting. But yeah, if you if you drive by there, maybe you can peek through the fence and and just see them laying it down. Especially if you're coming for the uh, the, the basketball game tonight. Anyway, it's going to be a unique experience. Um, yeah, the infielders also. There's going to be a the the infielders actually have an advantage there, Luke, because they'll get a they'll get a truer hop. I think it I think it will be yeah. quicker, but the hops will be truer. I think it's going to be the outfielders that are going to have the most to pick up. It will, and and the other thing I, I think you you think about this too. You can probably run a little faster on the field turf, so you know that Im- that impacts uh, bunting, that impacts stealing, that impacts. Uh, an outfielder being able to chase a ball down a little faster. So there are, and I know we're going to have some people out there that just are going to say it's not real and, you know, die on that hill. Well, at the end of the day, the Golden Eagles are going to be out there. So, you know, yeah, but come you, support, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, but It's going to be okay. Valentine's Day is, is when you start, so you might as well, on Valentine's Day, love the team, love the new look of the field, and, and cheer them on the victory against Murray State. And you always have to remember, too, I mean, there are some people out there, Luke, that don't think professional wrestling is real. You know, so I mean, you're, you're never gonna you're never gonna make everybody uh, happy. I'm glad I'm glad to I'm gonna see you in person tomorrow. <laughs> I'll uh, we'll we'll talk some hacksaw Jim Duggan and Ultimate Warrior and Big Boss Man tomorrow. Oh yeah, freak out, freak out. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening to the Eagle Hour today. We'll be all together tomorrow for one final show of 2019. Same time tomorrow. We'll catch you then. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.